Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Poor Charles 411. Today, we're talking about the reason why we even have a show to begin with. All about General Hospital, General Hospital. The hospital edition. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I mean, I'm really glad that we haven't done this before, but seriously, how have we not have, have we not done this before? Especially because we've talked about different things at the hospital, uh-huh. like where they've talked about donate blood or get your shot or this or that. And we've never gone into, well, what floor is that on? Exactly. So today we are just using general hospital fandom because they have a really, really nice write up about the hospital. <laughs> general hospital. It's listed the as hospital. a location. So it says general hospital is the primary hospital in Port Charles, New York. It's former, it is the employer for many of the Port Charles residents and is the hospital of choice for most residents for any health concern. They really do talk crappy about Mercy. Anytime someone has to go to Mercy, I know. And we have one. We have (laughs) one and I'm sure there's a million more. And after watching GH, you just never want to go to Mercy, which isn't nice. Right. Did you know that the address is 6065 Central Avenue, Port Charles, New York? It did not. And apparently Port Charles, New York does not have a zip code. We're going to click that link and of see course if we it... are. Nope. Mm-mm. No zip code. Pretty cool. So yeah, we're just going to talk about who works there, different areas, the different floors, a little bit of a history. We'll see what we come up with. I feel like there's going to be a lot of side conversation mm-hmm. in this. I, when we look at the people on the show, it does not feel like we have this many people, though, Mm-mm. for this list. So it has Monica Quartermain, head chairperson, Britt Westbourne, co-chief of staff, and also an OBGYN. And then Terry Randolph, co-chief of staff and oncology. Kevin Collins, head of psychiatry, and he's a psychiatrist. Lucas Jones, which we haven't seen in I don't know how long, but we heard him mention this last week, trauma surgeon. Hamilton Finn, chief of infectious disease, infectious disease specialist, and hematologist. He forgets he's an infectious disease doctor a lot, though. Well, you know. I guess there's not too many um, infectious diseases to cure, although there's one big one he could be working on. Um, no, we don't want that. <laughs> they can have their own version can, of no, it. No, we talked about this before. They can have their own version of it, just not as bad. In a couple Something. years, in a few years, yes, let's. Okay. we can do it, but not while we're still in the middle of it. Okay. I think I'd prefer that over to him forgetting what type of doctor he is. I don't want to hear about it every day, but I don't like that he doesn't know what kind of doctor he is. I don't think it's that he doesn't know what... I think he just forgets that he was married and is a widower. That's the biggest issue that I have True. is that we forget about that part. 
well, we forget about a lot of things if we want to in general hospital world. Yes. So, um, Portia Robinson, chief of internal medicine, Dr. Austin Gatlin Holt is a doctor. TJ Ashford is an intern. Dr. Andy, senior ER resident. Who the heck is that? I don't know. Who are you, Andy? Dr. Fisher, trauma surgeon, possible ENT specialist. Mm. I, I don't know that I know who that is. Dr. Navarro, we know her. She's an OBGYN. Dr. Ken Potter, physical therapist. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I know that name. Mm-mm. Francine Massey, family counselor. I know I don't know that name because the only person I thought you could go to for therapy was Kevin. Yeah. Um, Kathleen Wu, surgeon. What? I thought the only Wu was Wu. And it's spelled W-O-O right. versus W. That's why I like got up on the computer. Like I, am I reading that wrong? No, it says Dr. Wu. I don't know who that is. Dr. Roberts, that it doesn't even tell us who that is. Dr. Sullivan, psychiatrist. Isn't Sullivan at Shady Brook or whatever? They're not really part of the hospital. Maybe they have, um, are they practice. like a, what is that? Sister, uh, are they in the family? What the heck is, where they have rights we, we to have the other multiple, hospital. Right. Privileges, privileges, Thank privileges. You. Thank you. There's some Grey's Anatomy jumping in there for you. Dr. Diamond is a pediatrician. Is that who just saw Leo? No, because he was a specialist. What was that guy's name? Would that be Dr. Newman, who's very last down there? Oh, that would make sense. Okay. So, hold on. Shannon's okay. Googling. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm <laughs> clicking on fandom. Yes, that's yes. Dr. Newman. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so you left off with Diamond. Diamond pediatrician, Russo cardiologist. We've heard that one before. Dr. Chen, Dr. Haddad surgeon, Dr. Schoenberg, Dr. Maria Fleming, who is a neonatologist. I don't remember that name from Baby Liam either. And Dr. Newman, who is pediatric neurologist, I think she just was helped the la- Leo. Wasn't she the last one that came in and was like, we've- was she the one that just kind of like stood there when actually Britt was talking? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Okay. So I'm not crazy for saying, I don't remember all these people in the hospital because no. they're not all in the hospital. Well, and then the list of nurses, Epiphany Johnson is head nurse. Okay. Bobby Spencer, head nursing administrator, surgical nurse. Okay. Elizabeth Weber Baldwin, nurse. Yep. Felix Dubois, nurse. Which we never see. Amy Driscoll, nurse. Nope, never see her. Deanna. I didn't know Deanna had a last name. Sertis? Sure. She's also a nurse. I like her. I love her. Willow Tate, student nurse in training. She's never at the hospital training. Rob Kent. Mm-hmm. Chanel. No. Jessica. No. Nope. Lisa. No. Nope. Katie. No. Nope. And Myers. No. <laughs> we don't know who you are. And then other personnel, this is all the board members, Mayor <laughs> Laura Collins. Yes. Leslie Weber is board member emeritus, so she doesn't have voting rights. Okay. Michael Corinthos, Jasper Jacks, which is he still? I bet he is, because he's just out of the country. And then it just says Robert. Who the heck is that? <laughs> we clicked on Robert, and we don't know who he, he looks like Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> Unknown actor on July 14th, 26th, 28th, 2021. So we have a picture of this dude. Robert. He's the security chief at GH. Well, dude, you need replaced. (laughs) I'm sorry. We're hiding people in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he first appeared July 14th and last appeared July 28th. Isn't that around when all the Peter stuff was going on? Like, you're not doing a very good job, sir. In 2021. Yeah. Oh, we do have a storyline. Robert tells Anna that GH, at GH that Monica was very clear when she brought him on as security chief. <laughs> he is to do everything in his power to assist the WSB and the PCPD in their investigations. I'm sorry, sir. Oh, he he tells Anna. Anna tells Robert that he's trying to track down the helicopter pl- pilot. Okay. And then he's the one who told Monica that the security cameras had been turned off. All right. I think that we need to replace Robert. But anyway, he's on the board. Oh, no. It, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's not on the board. So hold it. The four board members apparently are Laura, Leslie, Michael, and Jax. Okay. So this guy is just the security chief. Yes. Oh, I guess we do need to find out who the other board members are, though. Right. And then Stella Henry is a social worker. Again, hasn't been around in forever. And unnamed <laughs> <Named> man, man. <laughs> is the paramedic. Oh my God, click on this link. Is he pictured? Hey, 
Why isn't he on more? I don't know. <laughs> Hello. He's been playing a reoccurring role since 2014. Why isn't he unnamed paramedic? We need more of oh. you on screen. Okay. Wow. We can. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to have to do a whole thing for the board. Mm hmm. Okay. Sorry. There was more board members listed under past. Right. All right. So we can just do chief of staffs. Okay. Dr. Steve Hardy from 1963 to 1996. And that's actually when John Berardino passed away. Okay. Dr. Alan Quartermain, 96 to 98. Monica, 98 to 99. And that's when she was filling in for him during the drug addiction. Right. And then Alan again from 99 to 07. And then he died too early. <laughs> yes. Then Dr. Russell Ford, and this was during the night shift time mm -hmm. for 2007 to 2008. Yes, I did like him. He brought in a good friction. Yes, yes. I did like him. And then but he was corporate. Right. He was more business. He wasn't right. medicine. He was the businessman, right? Yes. And then Patrick Drake in 2008 was the interim chief. And then Monica came back for 2008 to 2009. And then Patrick again, 2009 interim for Monica. And then Dr. Stephen Weber from 2009 to 2011. And then Robin Scorpio Drake, 2011. And Monica from 2011 <laughs> to 2013. And then Lisa Obrecht from 14 to 16. Then Monica from 16 <laughs> to 20. And now Britt Westbourne from <gasps> 2020 to 2021. And it should list that it's co-chief with Terry. It's Terry Randall. Yeah. So they just need to update the yeah. second place. Does it have? No, because then it has assistant chiefs of staff, Dr. Buzz Stryker, Monica, Alan, Tom, and the position of assistant chief of staff was eliminated in 1991. Oh. Maybe that's why they have to be co. Mm, okay. Okay. This is what I'm looking forward to. Special locations. Tanya Jones Memorial Daycare Center. Does anyone use the daycare? No. Hopefully Wiley. While Willow's at, I don't know. Because I've never heard them. No, it would be great if Liz ever mentioned that she had used the daycare center, that it was such a great, oh my gosh, we need a good single, no, we need a good single mom that is like, I just need to get on my feet, but daycare, and then they'll be like, well, we have a daycare. And remember, it's been there since 1987. And you can work here. And then Liz can be like, yes, it helped me out so much oh, during my, that would be and I was really able to establish my career and everything. Oh, I'm thinking even Finn could draw Violet off. Yeah. She's not in real school yet. Although maybe she goes to the same preschool that now Avery goes, or not Avery. Violet's in real school. Isn't she? I didn't think she was in real school yet. I don't know. We hardly see the kid anymore. Who knows? She I was upset hasn't. that um, Donna is apparently in preschool already when Sunny was making our lunch this week. Yeah. Anyway, in 1987, Robbie, Bobby Spencer and Felicia Scorpio Jones are given a permission to fund a daycare center on the fourth floor in honor of hit and run victim Tanya Jones, who came up with the idea shortly before her death. And then they have the Dominique Baldwin Pediatric AIDS Center. And it's after Dominique Baldwin's death in 1993, Scott Baldwin donates some of his inheritance money to assist in funding GH's pediatric AIDS unit in his late wife's name. Lucy Coe is also, Lucy Coe also presented the idea of a nurse's ball to raise the much needed funds for the center. And we have talked about the nurse's ball's history. So yeah, go back. <laughs> Steve Hardy's Memorial Library after Dr. Hardy's death in 1996, General Hospital dedicated a memorial library on the second floor in his honor. I'm sorry, guys. I just broke my cup. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted some water. Aw, man. <laughs> I don't even know how you did that. I can't tell you. <laughs> man. All right, so that's what that loud noise was. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brief interruption for Shannon. Good for you for just being able to power through that, Heck though. yeah. We are professionals at this point. <laughs> Don't choke on your water. Okay. It's your turn with Stone Gates. Stone Gates Memorial AIDS Wing. In 1996, Sonny Corinthos donates the money inherited to him from his late wife, Lily, to an entire AIDS Wing, to fund an entire AIDS Wing in honor of his friend who died from the disease. 
And then we get to the creepy stuff. The sub-basement laboratory in 2000, it was revealed Stavros Cassidine was being kept cryogenically frozen in a secret lab built 30, 30 floors beneath General Hospital. 30 floors. Thanks to the mastermind of Helena Cassidine, the laboratory now abandoned is only accessible from an out of service elevator on the roof of the building. 30 floors is ridiculous. Hold on a second. Like what is between the last, like the basement and the 30 floors down? I feel like you're at the equator at this point. What? <laughs> Shannon's going to Google if you can have something 30 floors below. No, I want an example of what a 30 floor building is. Okay. Okay. So the Empire State Building is 102 floors. Okay. So this is a third of the Empire State Building. Okay. I still feel like that's pretty high, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 30 floors. I just read the information here. Go ahead. You're next. Okay. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> 30 floors. Okay. Michael Corinthos III Pediatric Head Trauma Center. In 2009, Carly funds the Michael Corinthos III Pediatric Head Trauma Unit on the fourth floor in honor of her son, Michael, who was put into a coma after being shot in the head. Jesse oh. Brewer Wing. In 2014, Elizabeth Weber states that there is a wing named after late nurse Jesse Brewer. And the General Hospital Chapel is a chapel in the hospital where relatives of patients go to pray, located on the first floor. No, they also they go, go there to have conversations that they shouldn't be having that people overhear and then blackmail them with. Yes, there's that too. All right, I'm a little confused by this floor plan, but we'll start. Okay. According to the Professional Center Directory, the hospital houses the following. The this first person floor. also zooms in on pictures of the background. Right. Okay. First floor, main entrance, emergency room, medical lounge, patient rooms, administrative offices, meeting rooms, boardroom, cafeteria, library, gift shop, <gasps> which I've never seen. Why that don't would we be ever? So fun. Oh my gosh. But they do say that they've bought stuff from the gift shop before. Yes, but why don't we have, oh my gosh, who would be so good working? Brad could go work in the gift shop. There you go. It could be a privately owned. They re lease out the space and Brad can go work in the gift shop. Yes. So they could still always do lunch together. Yes. Stuff. Um, the chapel, records room and book storage. Okay. I feel like that should be in the That's basement. That's a lot. That's a lot on one floor, but go ahead. The second floor is the Steve Hardy Memorial Library, which would be great to see people in there. I don't know, researching, mm -hmm. you know, maybe mm -hmm. social services. Patient rooms, patient services, patient relations, purchasing and receiving, public safety offices, public conference rooms, what? auxiliary offices, doctor's offices, nursing supervisor, medical surgical unit, intensive care. What are we doing on the second floor? <laughs> intensive care unit, maternal services, and the chaplain. Why isn't the chaplain right next to the chapel? I, I, I don't know. Okay. Mm -mm. Doesn't make any sense. Bring us up to the third floor. Third floor. Orthopedics, cardiac pulmonary rehab, CT scan, radiology. What? Nuclear. Is that a thing? What is nuclear medicine? I don't know. Okay. Nuclear medicine, rehabilitation therapy, neurodiagnostics, and biomed lab. Also the lab that you can't get <laughs> results from because people are bought off all the time. Are you looking it up for me? Nuclear medicine procedures are used in diagnosing and treating certain il illnesses. These procedures use radioactive materials called radiopharmaceuticals. Oh, so that is, I guess, it's it's kind of radiology. Okay. Which would make sense that it's right, right next to radiology. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Oh, is that that's MRI. Wait, CT scan. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that, that floor makes sense. Okay. I think. I don't know. The fourth floor has Tanya Jones Memorial Daycare Center. Pediatrics, labor and delivery, maternity nursery, pediatric intensive care unit, neonatal intensive care unit, patient rooms, employee health education, human resources, social services, and the Michael Corinthos III Pediatric Head Trauma Center. Okay, that all makes sense to me, except for when Sasha just had Liam, weren't you under the impression that they were going to a different floor to see him? Mm -hmm. According to this, they would have all been on the same floor. So, okay. Fifth floor, urology, pathology lab, environmental services, patient rooms, auxiliary offices, infectious disease. So that's where Finn should be all the time. Yes. The sixth floor is patient rooms, central nurses station for the East Wing. 
seventh floor cardiology, cardiac catheterization, endoscopy, pharmacy, and internal medicine. So we should go back and see if um, Esme was on the seventh floor. Yes, we should. The eighth floor is neurosurgery, nuclear medicine. Wait. Oh, we have two of those. Okay. Burn injury ward, respiratory therapy, psychiatric ward, patient rooms, and auxiliary offices. There is no ninth floor, which is what I have an issue with. And then... Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no ninth. There is no ninth floor. Why? I don't know. And then I'm tenth floor operating rooms, surgery, pre-op admissions, post-op recovery rooms, intensive care unit, triage, patient room, art therapy room, auxiliary offices, and laboratory. So again, I want to go back and see if Franco was always on the tenth floor. Why don't we have a ninth floor? I don't know. Okay. It doesn't even have like a little do 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 next to it, so you can be like, oh, the ninth oh. floor is just it was haunted and there was a whole storyline in the 70s maybe that's that floor remember in um night shift they were redoing that floor it's just never been it's finished. never been finished <laughs> now i have to go back to night shift and, and, and see this that. is the story we're making <laughs> well i don't know how you just don't have a ninth floor yeah okay so that's 10 floors and i understand that the sub basement <laughs> was done by helena correct yes I don't I'm know. sorry. I don't know. Third. This is floors. not a Bugs Bunny cartoon where we're just digging straight through to <laughs> the middle of the like. It's three times the height of the hospital is underground. Yeah. So it's just like a tunnel to just. It's an iceberg. It's 30. not a hospital. It's an iceberg. Yeah. Maybe that's why they didn't have a problem keeping it so cold. Is because it's all <laughs> way down. I just meant because they always say that like okay, the most of the iceberg is underneath, not the wait. what we see. Okay. Wait. Okay. When we saw Peter in the freezer. Yes. Or he wasn't in the freezer, but they were going to the freezer to see him in the freezer. Wasn't there a a thing of stairs off to the side? That's a lot of stairs. There's no way that there's a 30 floor with no exit because you'd just be going around and around and around. 30 floors worth of stairs. Cathedral of Learning in Pittsburgh is 42 floors. As soon as you said stairs, I was like, well, I used to walk the stairs at the cathedral when I went to Pitt. And it's just straight up? No, I mean, they go around the building. Right. But this would just be straight up because there's nothing from the sub-basement to the basement of the hospital. That's 30 floors of just stairs. Well, now you're swirling. Well, stairs. However, you know what I mean. You know what hospital stairs no. look like? Okay, so you do think that they go around. They go like well, I mean, hospital that's how the stairs cathedral... up, over, up, yeah. over. Yeah, but but the cathedral you can get off at floor. Right, there's actually floors. Whatever. Yeah, this is just thirty floors of stairs. Yes. No. <laughs> I didn't design it better. Okay. All right. All right. Helena was very smart. I feel like that's not something she would do. Didn't she have an elevator? And how did they get him? Thirty floors is a long. She did have walk. an elevator. It's from the roof of the hospital. So you're going 10 floors through the hospital, then 30 floors floors. of nothing. And then you're getting to the basement. But I'm telling you, there was stairs to the side of the freezer. So where does those stairs go? Anna and Dante just went down there when we thought that, but the only access is supposed to be the elevator. Right. (laughs) So this, I don't know. All right. We're blowing our own minds here. Oh my gosh. We'll move on. My brain hurts. Endowments. Endowments. So the Cassidine family gave an endowment. Read the little thingamadoodle. Oh, I'm sorry. And it, oh, we, we see this all that. the time. Yes, we we see it all the time. An endowment tree adorns the hospital walls honoring families who have donated to GH over the years, including. And you can see, see it, it and it has like, yeah, a nice big pretty. tree and it has the little leaves, like little leaves and each leaf has the name. Yes. It, it is tastefully done. I like mm-hmm. it. So the Cassadine Family Endowment, the Edward and Lila Quartermain Family Foundation, the Sunny Corinthos Charitable Trust, the Morgan Corinthos Foundation, and it just says Jane and Jasper Jacks, but it doesn't tell me what they were. They probably it just donated. To. They have their own money. They were just like, here, we have too much. You can just do like, an endowment. Do everyone. Okay. Yeah, you can just give an endowment. I thought you got to, or I thought you normally directed it somewhere. I would like to have enough money that I could endow someone with something. Go ahead. You can finish the list. The Richard and Jeffer, the Richard and Jennifer Mains Trust. Who are they? Mm-hmm. The Rice Family, the Scorpio Devane Family Trust, Spencer Family Memorial Trust, and the Weber Family. Isn't it funny 
that so many of these families don't seem to have that much money, but yet at some point in time they've endowed. Yep. And here's my favorite part. It's not storyline. So it's listed under history and it's labeled crises. <laughs> crises. Go ahead. All right. So in the 1970s, because apparently nothing happened in the 60s, February 1979, Dr. Steve Hardy was forced to place General Hospital under quarantine due to an outbreak of a rare and mysterious disease known as Lassa fever. Audrey Hardy, Gail Baldwin, Rick Weber, Jeff Weber, Alan and Monica Quartermain were among the hospital staff, employees, and even visitors who were quarantined within the walls of the hospital for weeks. After weeks of exhaustive work, Dr. Hardy fell ill with a potentially fatal disease. Flushed and weak, he continued to treat the sick patients before passing out. A cure was eventually formulated using Dr. Hardy's notes, and all parties afflicted by the disease were restored to health. Yay! Good job, Dr. Hardy. Yay! In June 1983, Dr. Monica Quartermain tries to persuade a distraught Vince Larrick to allow heart surgery for his critically ill wife, Gertrude, who has a heart, heart ailment. Monica performs the surgery and does her best, but the Larricks waited too long as they did not listen to their doctor's advice in the past. Consequently, Gertrude died and her fanatic husband takes Monica, nurse Bobby Spencer, and Brian Phillips hostage in the hospital cafeteria. In an attempt to grab the gun, Brian is shot and Larrick agrees to have him released for surgery. Robert Scorpio later becomes a hostage when he tries to reason with Larrick, but he too is shot after Luke Spencer botches a rescue attempt. Both Robert and Luke are eventually able to subdue Vince when Luke rushes in on an operating gurney taking Lorik by surprise. Well, now I want to go back and watch that. I know, that sounds interesting. <laughs> that's fun. In May 1987, a DVX hitman named Roger Barrett holds several hostages in the cafeteria threatening to unleash a deadly MOX-36 virus, which would wipe out the entire town and only the town. It would not expand beyond that. <laughs> right. They're in like a bubble. Was that a show where they had the bubble? Truman Show. Biodome? I don't know. I don't know. Where, I Biodome don't. is the Polly Shore movie. Truman no. Show is a Jim Carrey movie. No, it wasn't a movie. It was a show. That they were in a That they're in bubble? a bubble. I'll find it later. I'm not going to Google now. But anyway, yeah. Port Charles apparently is in a bubble. Okay. Go ahead. Among the hostages were Duke Lavery, Felicia Jones, Sean Donnelly, Steve Hardy, Audrey Hardy, Alan Quartermain, Amy Vining, and Bobby Spencer. Ultimately, the hitman is taken down by Sean, Frisco, and the PCPD. Oh, hold it. I didn't mention that Frisco Jones. Yeah, that was Felicia that was mentioned before. Uh, so he was taken down by Sean Donnelly, Frisco Jones, and the PCPD, but not before Bobby is stabbed with a syringe filled with the virus. Oh, no. I hope she's okay. <laughs> we have her in 2022. <laughs> An antidote was found, but Bobby became temporarily paralyzed from the waist down. 1990, October 1990, the president of Santo Moro Camargo. What? Why do I not know any of this? Mm. Arrives at GH after being poisoned in an assassination attempt. It is revealed that the president's entourage, led by Rico Chaconi? Chaconi? I would just say Chacon, yeah. Okay. Rico Chacon and General Stark planned a mutiny to kill, oh my gosh, (laughs) to kill Camargo so Stark can take over the country. Stark has carbon monoxide switched with oxygen canisters for Camargo's surgery. And just as Camargo is about to give Stark his Swiss bank account number, he loses consciousness. Of course. That was probably a Friday cliffhanger. Probably. As Camargo cannot die until he gets it, Stark blames the private nurse for the canister switch and takes the entire eighth floor hostage. Not the ninth floor. That would explain why we don't have one. Among the hostages were Alan Quartermain, Monica Quartermain, Tony Jones, Anna Devane, Amy Vining, Tom Hardy. For those keeping track at home, Alan has been held hostage all three times. <laughs> exactly. When Camargo regains consciousness, Alan and Monica try to warn him about Stark, but they're discovered and Monica is shot in the leg as a result. Camargo is forced to surrender. However, after Rico is killed by Carla Grenko in self-defense, General Stark and his men attempt to escape, but are thwarted by the PCPD led by Robert Scorpio and Colton Shore. I want to watch this! I do, and I want to know how bad I butchered all those names, because my god, that was a lot of excitement. Okay. 
By October 1996, General Hospital was in a financial crisis thanks to Stefan Cassadine, who masterminded its downfall as an excuse to stay in Port Charles. The stress of the crisis caused Chief of Staff Steve Hardy to have a fatal heart attack, and after the massive lawsuit, GH was forced to close. This led the board at Mercy Hospital to plan a hostile takeover. However, when Stefan stepped in with an influx of Cassadine money, General Hospital reopened with Stefan as the new CEO. Dr. Alan Quartermain took over as chief of staff, respectively. The Cassadine money was also used to renovate the hospital in early 1997. See, and I like that there's a reason why they got the renovations. Yes. You know? Makes sense. Well, and they did just leave out that Alan did take over for Steve, and he is why Stefan opted. We just talked about all this with Alan's, you know, because... (laughs) Please don't make us do it again. (laughs) No. I'm just saying... Alan went to Stefan and was like, can you help? And then it was ultimately Laura's decision if he was allowed to stay. Right. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to our 11, 12-part series of Alan Quartermain. I don't know which episode that was. I feel like that was like 10. probably Probably 9 or 10. 9 or 10, I'm going to guess. So in June 1997, Greg Cooper, a former applicant as an intern who was turned down by the hospital board, takes interns Joe Scanton, Eve Lambert, Matt Harmon, Julie Morris, Jake Marshak, Chris Ramsey, and Karen Wexler hostage on the sixth floor. When nurse Audrey Hardy attempts to help the hostages, she is severely injured when Greg knocks her unconscious with his gun. Audrey's life was saved by emergency surgery from Joe, who used a power drill ow, to relieve the pressure in Audrey's head. Well, 97, I should have seen that. And especially with Karen being involved, but I don't remember watching someone drill into Audrey's head. And then in June of 1997, Stefan manages to get his hands on a Cassidine Fabergé egg with a computer chip that would enable him to control the world's finances. (laughs) (laughs) I want that egg. Stefan's intentions was to add Nicholas. Hold it. His intentions were to add to Nicholas's vast inheritance by using the chip. I mean, Nicholas absolutely needs the world's finances at his disposal. With the help of Alexis Davis, in a trial run, Stefan uses the chip to shut down the computers at General Hospital, and the virus causes a total blackout. Dr. Tony Jones is forced to improvise on surgery with Audrey, who is still healing from the injuries inflicted by, up above, Greg Cooper. And having her head drilled into. That's what that all was from. But Greg Cooper's who hurt her. I'm sure that it right. was Joe who helped her. Right. From the injuries yeah. inflicted by Greg Cooper. No, I'm sorry. I just keep but picturing drilling into someone's head. Even though Joe used it to relieve the pressure, I still feel like that's an injury imposed because of what Greg yes. did. Yes. Yes. Simultaneously, Dr. Pierce Dorman was murdered in the hospital morgue. Oh, darn it. After being stabbed in the heart with a scalpel. (gasps) That would have been what Liz should have done. Yes. Oh. Multiple members of the Quartermain family became prime suspects. However, the killer was revealed to be a man known as the Tin Man, who was one of Pierce's South American contacts. Tin Man had been hired by vengeful drug kingpin Hernando Rivera to take Dorman out. Oh, I wonder if he's related to Carlos. Yeah. Oh, that's Lily's dad. Oh, okay. So, yes. Yes. Okay. I like how you see him. You're like, that's Lily's dad. Like, we're BFFs. Hi, Lily's dad. <laughs> how are you? Hi, Mr. Rivera. How are you? <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> November 1998. The general homicide killer detonates a bomb placed in the hospital elevator shaft, trapping Lucy Coe, Mary Scallion, Joe Scallion, Karen Wexler, again, Dr. Ellen Burgess. I don't remember her. I feel like some of this might have been Port Charles, okay. which is probably why you're that not remember. I would go. guarantee, I would just about guarantee that all that Greg Cooper stuff would have been Port Charles. That would make sense. I would. Mm-hmm. Julie Morris, Devin, and Eve Lambert inside. GH is evacuated while Scott Baldwin, Kevin Collins, and Victor Collins stay behind to search for loved ones. When a second bomb is discovered, Scott successfully manages to disable (laughs) it with help from Victor and the bomb squad. Okay. The killer was revealed to be Greg Cooper, who brainwashed Julie into helping him. Hmm. I hate when that happens. I know. I was brainwashed. It wasn't my fault. Then we get to the 2000s, and it wasn't until 2006 in February 
when Luke Spencer returned from the Markham Islands carrying a deadly mutant strain of encephalitis. The virus quickly spread throughout Port Charles, forcing the hospital to be quarantined. See, he can survive that, but not a cable car. He's not dead. It's okay. I know. Several fatalities occur, which include Tony Jones, Courtney Matthews, and Danny McCall. After months of quarantine, a cure was discovered and delivered to GH by Jason Morgan and Carly Corinthos. I'm going to go with they did not discover. Why don't I remember that? I didn't know that was what um, Courtney died of, I don't think. Anyway. I thought she died after childbirth. But it just made it sound like that's what she died of. No, they had a cure. They found the cure. After months of cure, several feet. Ow! Several fatalities. Yeah, fatalities means death. Okay. Thank you. Oh, this is when I started watching again. So, yeah, I had no idea what was happening because remember I said that the first episode I had taken a break? Yes. And then suddenly Tony's dying and I'm like, what are we doing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. October 2007, two rival street gangs bring their turf war into the hospital, resulting in a deadly shootout in the emergency room. We watched this with Night Shift. Yes. Dr. Leo Julian is injured and student nurse Jolene Crowell is left in a coma. And she could still be in a coma carrying Spinelli's baby. She wouldn't still be carrying Spinelli's baby. Well, no. She would have had the baby. <gasps> what if that's who Esme that is? That would be so good. Okay, oh, so my wait. God. Okay. So, hold on. That's 2006, so kind of tracks for age. Mm-hmm. And then how would – where's the mm, – I don't know what you're looking for, so I can't help you. She said that someone imploded the family. Like, Because remember, she was mad about her adoptive parents. I don't know. Who so who would she be her. mad about, right? Okay. You can figure that out another day. My okay. brain hurts. Go okay. ahead. January 2008, months after the death of Alan Quartermain, new chief of staff, Dr. Russell Ford, implements a new policy of sending patients without good insurance to the county hospital. When a man named Joe Smith and his pregnant wife arrive for treatment at GH, they are turned away by Dr. Ford. Joe instead returns with a bomb strapped to him and takes the emergency room hostage, threatening to detonate unless his wife gets medical attention. Among some of the hostages were Jason Morgan, Elizabeth Weber, Jake Spencer, Epiphany Johnson, Edward, and Monica Quartermain. The bomb turned out to be fake. We watched that during Night Shift. I don't remember Jake being there. I don't either. Okay. July 2008, a drunk driver plows into the emergency room, injuring Robin Scorpio. The impact of the crash also leads to the death of Dr. Russell Ford. Oh, that's what happened. After Dr. Ford's death. Patrick Drake stepped in as chief of staff until Monica Quartermain was chosen as a permanent replacement. I wonder if that also happened on night shift. I don't know. We should probably do the second. (laughs) That's crazy. What are you talking about? (laughs) Well, if they wind up going on hiatus because of. I think we should watch it anyway because Jagger's in it. Mm. We should. Yes, yes, yes. All right. 2008, when a member of a white supremacy clan is found dead after being thrown out of GH by Dr. Patrick Drake, the clan retaliates by planting two bombs in the hospital parking lot. One explosion leaves Dr. Sarah Batra and several patients injured, while Dr. Drake manages to disable the second bomb with help from <gasps> Jagger Gates. Mm. That must this is this all of this must have been going that on must on have night been shift. Whatever, yeah. But now I really want to watch it because oh, okay. I always knew I needed Jagger around in case there was a bomb to take apart. In January 2009, a terrorist named Earl Bragg steals five spears of biotoxin from a government-owned truck, planning to kill millions. In an attempt to smuggle the spears to their next destination, Bragg swallows them, but instead ends up at General Hospital for emergency surgery. During surgery, Dr. Matt Hunter accidentally cuts one of the spears open. Matt was so cute. Releasing the toxin into the hospital air vents. As a result, GH is quarantined. Among the poisoned people were Matt Hunter, Elizabeth Weber, Monica Quartermain, Claudia Zakara, Kate Howard, Tracy Quartermain were also infected while attending a fundraiser in the boardroom. The incident caused the death of Dr. Andy Archer and nurse Layla Murr. Was that Layla from? Yeah, I think so. Just a few hours later. Night shift is the word she was looking for there. That is exactly what I was looking for. I'm glad we all speak a man. (laughs) I agreed. And I was like, wait, they might be like, I'm sorry. Layla came from night shift. Yes. Just a few hours later, an oxygen leak that occurred in the surgical suite 
leads to an explosion, which set the hospital on fire. While GH is being evacuated, Trevor Lansing attempts to escape with the remaining poison. However, he is killed when he falls off the roof of the hospital during a struggle with Sam McCall. General Hospital is later remodeled using money donated from the Quartermains and Cassidine families and reopens after a three-month vacancy. And in September 2009, a carnival comes to the GH parking lot as a charity for the Michael Corinthos Foundation. During this, a poisoned Edward Quartermain suffers a massive heart attack, which causes him to lose control of his car, crashing into the crowd and killing Andrea Floyd, who ironically was responsible for poisoning Edward herself. Among the other injured were Dante Falconeri, Max Giambetti, Christina Corinthos Davis, and Jake Spencer. Poor Jake. I was thinking poor Max. Well, that too. July 2010, Franco kidnaps newborn Aiden Cassidine, the child of Elizabeth Weber and Lucky Spencer, although at the time it was believed that he was the son of Nicholas Cassidine, from the hospital nursery, causing the hospital to go into lockdown. Later that same day, Warren Bauer shoots down Ethan Lovett and Max Scorpio on the sixth floor. He then attempts to kill Christina Corinthos Davis and Michael Corinthos before being shot and killed by Mac. In June 2011, GH once again goes under lockdown when Dr. Lisa Niles takes Dr. Patrick Drake, Dr. Robin Scorpio Drake, Dr. Stephen Weber, Damian Spinelli, and Maxie Jones hostage in the hospital conference room. She was crazy. And I liked her, though. But she was crazy. In an attempt to protect Maxie, we should probably have like a definition of what it means when (laughs) Shannon says she likes something. (laughs) That's true. I just mean I enjoyed like her crazy. It, it, It kept my interest yes spinelli gets shot and lisa ends up in a coma after she injects herself with a syringe full of drain cleaner february 2012 a chemical lab explosion on the 10th floor oh it's the ninth floor that we don't have okay a chemical explosion on the 10th floor seemingly kills dr robin scorpio drake although she is later revealed to be alive and being held captive it is subsequently revealed that the explosion was orchestrated by Dr. Ewan Keenan in the orders of Jerry Jacks, who was to t- who in turn was working for Cesar Faison. I feel like I can't say that without your husband running down here and being like, Faison. what? <laughs> what did Faison do now? <laughs> and then in June 2012, after Heather Weber and Todd Manning switched Taya Delgado's stillborn son with Sam McCall's son, Danny Morgan, Heather breaks out of Ferncliff Asylum and kidnaps the baby with the intent to raise him as her own. The baby required special medication, so Heather snuck into GH with the child and planned to steal some medicine. After Heather assaulted Olivia Falconeri in the stairwell, Sam and Jason Morgan found her on the rooftop holding the baby hostage. With the police closing in, Heather jumped and Jason snatched the baby just in time. I remember that yes. scene. <laughs> so oh. ridiculous, but go ahead. Heather survived the fall from the roof, but slipped into a coma and she was later recommitted to Ferncliff when she awoke. Ten stories. She she jumped ten stories. They probably had one of those big blow-up thingies. Okay. From May to September 2016, a serial killer terrorized the hospital. The that killer was a was, good one. <laughs> the killer was eventually revealed to be Paul Hornsby, who believed he was avenging his daughter, Susan. See, and I never suspected him. Mm-mm. Not until the very end, yeah. Yep. Susan was a patient at GH years earlier following a sexual assault. However, the attending physician, Dr. Matthew Mays, mishandled Susan's rape kit. Dr. Monica Quartermain was forced to inform Susan that without a proper rape kit, the hospital could not help with a police investigation. The incident left Susan traumatized and Paul vowed revenge on General Hospital. Over the course of a month, Paul managed to drug everyone who was involved with Susan's case. Once the victims arrived at the hospital, he hoped to make GH appear incompetent by killing patients with a drug called... Derisifol? Sure, Derisifol. Paul's reign of terror also included pushing nurse Elizabeth Weber down a flight of stairs, the murders of Dr. Mays and nurse Sabrina Santiago, which made me so sad, and the attempted murder of Monica Quartermain. The mysterious death of GH forced the hospital to close for almost two months. That was a really good. It was good. As much as I hated to see Sabrina killed. Yeah. That and she was... You did a victim of circumstance. Right. Yes. You did not know that this is how it's going to play out. Like sometimes. No, because he had an entirely different storyline going on. Yeah. That's what I wish like they would be doing with 
right. Marshall or something like that. You know, it's like, no, no, no. Give us an entirely different thing. Yes. And then throw in the, but. Right. Well, that's what happened with, uh, Keenan too. Dr. Ewan Keenan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In March 2017, Commissioner Jordan Ashford ordered General Hospital into a lockdown when Olivia Jerome committed multiple kidnappings. In an insane attempt <laughs> to resurrect Duke Lavery from the dead, oh my God. Olivia kidnapped Duke's son, Dr. Griffin Monroe, attempting to use him as Duke's, quote, vessel. Anna Devane later found Olivia and Dr. Monroe in the sub-basement laboratories beneath the hospital. The lockdown was lifted after Olivia escaped. However, now how did she escape? Okay. <laughs> We have to talk about this sub basement sometime. There's only one way in and out of this sub basement, but she escaped. Go ahead. Yes. The lockdown was lifted. Oh, was lifted. However, when Dr. Robin Scorpio Drake was discovered tied to a bomb in the hospital elevator, an emergency evacuation of GH began. Dr. Hamilton Finn and Hayden Barnes were sealed behind the hospital fire doors, tracking them in the locker room corridor. While Dr. Monroe chose not to evacuate and return to his patient's side. Robin was eventually rescued by Drew Payne, believed to have been Drew Jason Morgan at the time, who took her place on the pressure sensitive bomb. Oh, that bomb. was so good. Curtis Ashford was then able to aid Drew to the roof where they managed to disarm him. That was so good with those pressure pads. It was dun, dun, dun. Yes. Are they going to be okay? March 2020 to September 2020. Yikes. Wiley Quartermain Corinthos, who had congenital heart defects, he inherited from his father and biological grandfather was admitted to the hospital for labored breathing. The hole in his heart had not closed on its own and he would need elective surgery. His mother, now Benson, refused to sign off on the surgery. Even with Wiley's grandmother, Carly Corinthos, and great-grandmother, Dr. Monica Quartermain, a cardiologist and nurse, Bobby Spencer, urging her to consent. Nell claimed they were bullying her and that she wanted to explore non-invasive options. She refused to sign the consent form, much to Monica and Carly's anger. Carly, in turn, ended up locking Nell on the hospital roof overnight while she and her mother, Bobby Spencer, forged her signature on the documents. Bobby also secretly shredded the consent forms, which Monica knew about. Mm. Wiley had the surgery to correct the hole in his heart, and Monica announced the procedure was successful. But in six months, he would need more surgery to have a device implanted in his heart to help it develop properly. When now discovered that Carly and Bobby had apparently forged her signature, she became angry and litigious. As a result of Nell's lawsuit against the hospital, the board came to a crossroads over funding and leadership. ELQ had always funded the board, but with Cyrus Renault coming forward with money, a foundation for social justice, and the request to become chairman of the board, ELQ's position came into question. The Quartermain family voted along with Valentine Cassadine, who had secretly bought up 50% of the shares, which they're now talking about with the whole... Exactly. They're undoing the thing. Yeah. And decided to stop funding the hospital due to lack of proper management, current litigation, and an unfavorable chairman of the hospital board. Cyrus got his demands and became the main financier of the hospital, as well as head chairman. Shortly after, Cyrus got the board to fire Monica and Bobby from the hospital and hires Britt Westbourne as the new chief of staff. And then September 2020 to July 21 with Cyrus Renault now running the hospital as a quote alleged former drug kingpin. He puts resources towards pain management applications. Britt and Dr. Portia Robinson, chief of internal medicine. Oh, well, she wasn't listed on the, Mm-mm. I don't think she was listed either. No, we're weary and cautious of his aspirations, having both witnessed the dramatic increase of opioid addiction and overdoses, such as Sasha Gilmore's overdose and heart attack, which became public as she was the public face of a well-known company, Deception. I am kind of upset with how quickly they wrapped up that storyline. I mean, I understand that we did the drug thing back in... Well, that's why I'm wondering if they're going to push her that way now that she's dealing with Liam's death. Okay. Renault claims to have been inspired by Dr. Hamilton's by Dr. Hamilton Finn's cure for the disease Blackwood syndrome and his generous donation of a patent to GH in 2016. The lab at GH under Renault's orders create an extremely addictive pharmaceutical grade narcotic, which he presented to the board of directors as a financial windfall for the hospital. Cyrus hoped for them to approve it and then send it to the FDA while Dr. Leslie Weber attempts to use her influences on the board to vote against Renault. Britt verified the scientific research with seemingly impressive findings, but makes clear that this is not her area of expertise to which Portia implores 
that Renault's decades in prison on drug charges should make her findings need exceeding peer review and oversight. Renault eloquently delivers veiled threats to Portia and Britt, and Portia tells him the new drug seems like it could be very addictive, and if prescribed wrong or too casually by doctors trying to turn a profit, it leaves the hospital open to lawsuits. Britt, in turn, begins to secretly inform Renault's doings to Jason Morgan. Mayor Laura Collins, Leslie, and Monica are able to meet with the board before Cyrus, and when an article interviewing Cyrus's mother, Florence Gray, is revealed, the floor, the board opted not to submit the new drug to the FDA. After Cyrus is exposed and sentenced to jail for his crime, the board announces Monica Quartermain as Cyrus's replacement and new chairman of the board. Monica quickly undoes Cyrus's staff changes to the hospital, rehires Bobby, and Monica also allows Britt to remain chief of staff, but only if she shares the position with Dr. Terry Randolph. Yep. So back to Monday's episode when we were talking about the doing the recap uh-huh. and about how I think it was Victor that had the threat that took away Martin and Laura, not Cyrus, mm-hmm. it would make sense. Her deputy mayor knew where she was. That is And true. she's working with Victor. Yep. There so you I, I just backed myself up on that. Boom. Yes. Gold star for you. Yay. And then we have a little bit of trivia. Go ahead. Beginning in 1975, General Hospital began using the LAC and USC. So that's Los Angeles County and University of Southern California Medical Center for its exterior shots, appearing primarily in the show's opening sequences. The entrance to the show's studio in Los Angeles is modeled after the actual hospital's emergency department entrance, allowing for the show to shoot outdoor scenes in their own parking lot. Hmm, that's cool. In General Hospital Night Shift, the upper floors were edited digitally to fit on top of the show's studio, creating a computer-generated image modeled after the LAC-USC Medical Center oh, exterior. Cute. Yeah. And then it says, The hospital cafeteria was frequently seen throughout the 70s and 80s. The set was retired on the 30th anniversary of General Hospital, which coincided with Steve Hardy's 30th anniversary at GH. I guess that makes sense why we don't see them. Yeah. But they always say, TJ just said it this week, we could run down to the cafeteria and grab a bite. I would like to see that. Yeah. So I thought that was fun. That was fun. Got to understand some things. Not understand. No. (laughs) Became made aware of some things that we had not before. Have some ideas for future 411s. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff now I want to go revisit. Yeah. That was fun. I'm so glad. And now we have to figure out why we don't have a nice floor. Nice floor. Yeah. Now I'm going to be like looking out for it to see if anyone ever says. That is your homework for Monday. (laughs) Every single time someone's on a floor, I'm going to be like, that's the ninth floor. Rocky, why is there no ninth floor? (laughs) But all they really do talk about is the fourth floor and the tenth floor. And you see them in the ER. Yeah. We just saw the seventh recently and I can't remember why. Because I remembered seeing the seven and I was like, oh, cool. But. There is a seventh floor, even though there's not a ninth. Okay. Yeah. But hey, that's cool. So there's the breakdown of the hospital for you. That was fun. Mm-hmm. So join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pier 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect, so if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.